0: Welcome back to Booze and Buffy, a podcast where we are watching and discussing every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, one by one. Uh, We will be keeping our episodes free of spoilers of future episodes, although we will be spoiling the episode we're discussing this week. Uh, Forgetting to come up with a funny joke, I'm Harrison. And I'm Jason, and tonight we're gonna party like it's
1: 1999. Because this is the first episode that aired in 1999.
0: Accurate. <laughs> uh, so, Harrison, what episode are we watching this week? Oh, we are watching Season 3, Episode 11, Gingerbread. Uh, this is the one where Evil, Hansel, and Gretel... <laughs> uh can't even make turn, it past that. <laughs> ...turn Sunnydale... Um, Into uh, a police these, state. These, pretty much, yeah. Um, you know, I feel like this episode has a bad reputation amongst fans. And and I'm not going to sit here and say like, this episode's amazing, but I have a lot of fun with this episode. Like it's the, the premise is a little silly, but there's some really great, like funny lines in this episode. And I, I had, I had a fun time watching it. (laughs) The further we get into this, I'll like mention
1: like something that I will relate to this. Uh, but we'll wait for that. Um, (laughs) gingerbread was written by am i saying this right thania i don't know (laughs) maybe it's like thania or (laughs) i'm sorry thania st john and jane espenson and directed by james whitmore jr and originally aired january 12
0: 1999 um this is the only episode of the show uh written by miss st john so um and it's interesting. The Their writing credit was actually broken down a little more. Um, yeah, because Jane Espenson
1: wrote the teleplay, and I guess right. the story was by Miss St. John.
0: The story was by both of them. Okay. They were both credited for story, and then Jane was um, credited for teleplay. Um, I imagine that probably Miss St. John... Notice how I'm just avoiding <laughs> trying to say her first name. Trying to say Thania. Uh, <laughs> Um, that kind of started the story, and then I'd be willing to bet that Jane was brought in to kind of punch it up a bit. I honestly got um, some
1: Once Upon a Time vibes from this episode, so uh, I can see... <laughs> down J- to Hansel and Gretel. I like... can see Jane Espenson's uh, <laughs> fingerprints on here. <laughs>
0: yeah. Um, um, and some of those, like, zingers, those funny lines in this episode are so Jane, like
1: that's so jane
0: <laughs> all right um let's play that intro music
1: hell yeah we never say anything while the intro music's playing we just awkwardly
0: silently dance it's actually very helpful to have that long pause in there because there's there's just it's really it makes it easier for me to just cut that like chunk of time out and put the theme music there without having to do a lot like a lot of dragging and like um all right jason what are you drinking this week
1: harrison i have once again dived into as i've said before the gift that keeps on giving of the Mm -hmm. pre-mixed drinks and this is an apple teeny.
0: So. Yeah. All right, JD.
1: <laughs> no. I love when the episode when he drinks nectarines and say that it's just a girly version of apple teenies.
0: <laughs> Very nice. Um I am originally I wanted to make uh we got a recipe from John's sister for these um blood orange margaritas. Ooh. Um really good, but we don't have any blood orange. So uh, I'm drinking, I should actually, I haven't opened it yet. um, You know what that means. It means you have to (laughs) kill
1: one of your enemies and then plant an orange tree in their blood. That's how blood
0: oranges are made. Yeah, I'm into that. (laughs) I'm down for that. I figured you would Um, be. So yeah. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so I'm drinking a rolling rock and I brought a second rolling rock with me just in case look at you (laughs) so (laughs) if during the episode you hear the telltale uh hissing of air that's me opening my second beer you must be mr case's son justin (laughs) um is it your turn to do a toast you you do odd episodes is that right (laughs) i don't know i i we came up. With I, a I really system don't know. We can't even do it. <laughs> uh, hey, that's your job. I'm just here as the pretty face. <laughs> well, okay. I'm. Go ahead and do the toast, Chase. <laughs> okay.
1: Um. Uh. Here is to the continued fight for progress and the continued fight for justice.
0: Cheers. Gonna. Can, can I hit this on my microphone? I don't know if what that's gonna do. Hmm this is a
1: this is a very well-balanced flavor like uh vodka the shot of vodka was just the right amount for this nice um yeah tasty i don't drink apple teenies really ever because i'm not too into apple flavored things um yeah i don't know what it is you know it always came off as a little artificial kind of like grape because grapes don't taste like
0: anything that <laughs> yeah. is
1: grape flavored. But what are you going to do?
0: I I love apple juice so much. But that I, doesn't taste like
1: apples. It tastes like sugar.
0: But I yeah, I, I love it. And <laughs> What's I have to like your other... <laughs> point. <laughs> I um I so um my old job um in back in the the pre-covid 19 world um we had our like hr offices always had like healthy snacks and stuff and um there was this one day like our head of hr just like came into my office and she had a thing of apple juice and she was like I was filling up the refrigerator with the with the drinks and there just wasn't enough room for all of them and I just had this one lone apple juice that wouldn't fit so I thought I'd bring it to you and I was like, "Oh my god. I have a reputation." <laughs> <laughs> I also like apple
1: juice even though I just said that I don't like things that are apple flavored.
0: <laughs> I'm I can't like for a while i wasn't allowed to have apple juice john like wouldn't buy it
1: because... <laughs> i'm sorry for some
0: reason i just expected yeah, you thought... <laughs> that it was when you were young nope but then nope. you said it, this is your husband's an name and <laughs> this is as an adult because i would drink a whole thing of it in one <laughs> sitting and not like chug it, not like chugging it from the bottle. I would just like pour myself a glass of apple juice and then drink the apple juice. And then I'd be like, that was great. And then I'd pour another glass and it just <laughs> continue until it was gone. And I've gotten better about it. I've gotten better about spacing out my apple juice consumption. But the other day, John went to the store and I was like, hey, can you get some apple juice? And he's like, it's just sugar, Harrison. And I was like, I want apple juice. <laughs> And then I drew on the walls and <laughs> shat in my diaper.
1: I don't know why, but that got me really. <laughs> Just how angrily you said it, I drew on the walls.
0: <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, speaking of uh, speaking of naughty children, uh, gingerbread. <laughs> so I want to say
1: that the first few minutes of this episode might be one of my favorite opening segments of a Mm -hmm. buffy episode because the idea of joyce wanting to take an interest in Buffy's slang which i appreciate her effort Mm -hmm. and she maybe not her execution yeah but, uh... but she brings snacks while she's on
0: patrol
1: and then tries to encourage her
0: while she's fighting the vampire so most of the notes i took in this episode are just quotes uh two of which are from this opening scene when they get attacked by the vampire and joyce goes yells go honey kill him (laughs) (laughs) and then oh my god that's mr sanderson from the bank (laughs) bank. (laughs)
1: oh it um so it very much reminds me of when you were in grade school, did you ever have, uh, parents come to lunch day or something like that?
0: Yes. Okay. And, uh, it wasn't like a designated day. It was just like, if your parents wanted to like come eat lunch with you, they just could. Okay. Um, we had a,
1: we had a parents, actually we had a grandparents, like your grandparents can come to lunch day. And I remember both my grandmas would come to that, and my mom came to it as well. Um, and it, looking back, I mean, it's it's sweet, it's nice, but at the same time, it's also weird because yeah. <laughs> you're sitting in the cafeteria and you talk about whatever random shit you talk about with your friends, and that's lunch. I mean, there's also <laughs> yeah. e- there's also eating, but. Um, it's it yeah it's it's your lunch is a social time yeah it's a social time so then when your parents and grandparents show up it's just weird and i totally relate to buffy when she says that if if like mom is a home thing and this is school thing and if you two like blend together then i go crazy (laughs) so i can relate to
0: that I yeah especially in my grade school we had um instead of like long lunch tables like the round ones that only had so many seats and so if you had like parents coming or something like somebody who sat at your normally sat at your table like had to sit somewhere else that day (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah and
1: everybody typically chooses a seat and sticks with it at lunch but then uh, Mm um But then when the parents come, then everything's just
0: thrown into the wind. Yeah. So I guess what we're saying is parents are bad. Um, in this episode, apparently the parents
1: are the good guys. <laughs> but not really. Uh,
0: so, yeah, we get this this opening scene of, uh, yeah, Joyce bond trying to bond with Buffy via slaying. Uh kind of coaching her from the sidelines um and then um the vampire runs off and buffy chases leaving joyce alone and this is where joyce discovers um the bodies of two dead children in the park um a little boy and a little girl and the little girl has a um uh, a symbol drawn on her hand
1: a triangle with a squiggly line through it
0: yep um, you know the the most sinister of uh triangles, those squiggly line triangles. I I almost want to think that
1: they made it so simple so because there is a point where Sarah Michelle Geller has to draw it. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't know what Sarah Michelle Geller's um drawing prowess is, but I just like to think that,
0: Let's make this as easy as possible. <laughs> so SMG yeah, got this. <laughs> we don't need to be taking a bunch of takes to for her to get it right. <laughs> um. So um, Joyce
1: calls the police.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's one of the few times we see the police. You know, doing their jobs in Sunnydale. Um, they Joyce's really upset by this She shook like, fair yeah like i mean it's one thing i mean, it, it's shocking enough i would imagine to find a body but like compounding that that it's the body of two children um and like is, angel says in the yeah. later in the episode when it's
1: children it draws attention mm. like people start paying attention
0: yeah and I mean, not to get too political, but you know, um, especially when they're white children, um, yep. you know, this is, they've, that is, um, that is, that's a big thing. You know, uh, little dead white girls are like true crime porn for people. Um, and I say that as a fan of true crime, but like, I was like um, I-, I thought, wow, <laughs> what an interesting way to say that. <laughs> <laughs> um but it does there's a disproportionate um amount of energy spent on um on these victims when they're white than when they're um when they're black than when yeah, they' um, when they're indigenous people um so um not to say that we shouldn't use resources to solve murders of white people we should just um expend extend the same amount of resources on uh non-white murder victims so anyway um so there's there's kind of a cool cut here where uh buffy is like kind of comforting joyce and she's like it's okay it's okay but then it cuts to her like yelling at giles being like this is not not okay okay. like (laughs) um yeah buffy
1: is very shook because of Joyce being shook.
0: And yeah. Uh, yeah, something um, about her mom being drawn into this is has made this very personal for Buffy.
1: And she admits up front, because uh, Giles warns her about getting too personal, and she says
0: it is personal. She owns it. Yeah. Yeah, Buffy is very self-aware in this episode. Um, and... Um, and it, it's good. I mean, it's she, because she doesn't get like carried away or anything. She doesn't become like obsessed or. Um, but anyway, I don't know what point I'm trying to make. Um.
1: No, it's. Buffy is very much in control of her faculties here, as opposed to yes. the majority of people in this episode. Um, yeah. And she does say, uh, oh, Giles says that that symbol. Is probably related to the occult and Buffy mm-hmm. says that she says, wait a minute, somebody with a soul did this. So mm-hmm. and she immediately goes into tell me that there's a loophole and the slayers can't kill can't kill people rule. Yeah. And Giles is visibly disturbed by that. Yeah. It's, and well, it's, it's also dark. and it's also some nice little foreshadowing. Mm-hmm.
0: But I um, won't tell. <laughs> <laughs> just um, talking about murder here. We, uh, at lunch, uh, speaking of, um, <laughs> we have a, a really great scene with, between Xander and Oz where they're just like, Xander is really uncomfortable being around Oz. They
1: are surprisingly and... good. It is very underplayed, but probably that's for the better just the interactions mm. that they share yeah <laughs> But yeah xander is still awkward around oz despite the fact that oz and willow seem to be doing fairly well probably because mm. xander doesn't really have the kind of closure or hope with cordelia
0: yeah i also just think regardless of how xander and or how oz and willow are i just think it's it, it's just an awkward situation it's just yeah. there's there's that's just the elephant in the room um that's the werewolf in the room and xander's <laughs>
1: being and xander's the only one who's being weird about it
0: he's being so weird about it he's like um, where have you been certainly not with willow <laughs> like, just chill nice and is <laughs> um, um they sit with amy um conveniently <laughs> yeah she got a name drop
1: in uh in uh the wish the wish and yeah. now we see her in the flesh which again yeah. this is our first time seeing her
0: since Witch Bothered, and bewildered
1: yes.
0: so magic and... must be
1: involved in this episode
0: <laughs> um she's got a, a fresh new do her hair is a little darker a little uh uh i i don't want to say severe but it's um the cut is just is kind of i don't know i i'm doing really good this week <laughs> just hanging in there great buddy. Job. um hey who's my special guy so yeah it's me yeah you're doing good yeah you're doing well hey. <laughs> i'm gonna go draw on the walls and shit in my diaper <laughs> <laughs> That's what I do. I'm happy and angry. Oh, <laughs> uh. uh, but
1: they're they're about to talk about Buffy's birthday coming up. and mm-hmm. um and then Buffy shows up and she basically says, "Oh, yeah, the two murdered kids. And she talks about how concerned she is for her mom. And that she's wigging out, which is a go-to phrase for Buffy. Um, yeah. And then Joyce shows up as unexpectedly as Buffy did
0: to that table, um, and she—I based- really love the very awkward like, "Hi, Mrs. Summers," "Hi, Mrs. Summers," "Hi, Mrs. Summers" from like everyone at the table. And it makes me—it makes me think: Did Amy ever
1: meet? did amy ever meet Um, joyce she'd be like who are you
0: (laughs) she's i mean not on screen she's not met joyce but i mean presumably amy feels comfortable enough to sit with them at lunch periodically yeah it's it's
1: it's interesting she's kind of part of the group because she's aware of everything well a lot of things that are going on she has the general awareness of the scooby gang um but she's not they openly refer to
0: buffy slaying in front of her yeah so buffy
1: talked about going on patrol like
0: yeah um which was a little like it is a little weird when she said that because i was like amy's right there and then i was like oh well yeah i guess sure amy can know things like uh, um (laughs) they they body swapped they or they reversed her mom's body swap on her so i guess I and they were open all, up to people after that. And pack. they were all involved in a mass spell, a mass love
1: spell for Xander. Ugh. Uh,
0: <laughs> um, there is a great line where Willow, after Buffy says that her mom had like showed up for patrol, Willow says, your mom would actually take the time to do that with you. <laughs> um, which isn't the point of the story, but
1: yeah, it's very uh, but telling it is for, for what comes next. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um so Joyce tells her that they are um she she has called everyone she knows in Sunnydale and they called everyone they knew and they're going to have a um uh, a vigil at city hall with the mayor that night. Um, yeah, this is
1: funny because this is the first time really that the Scoobies are in the vicinity of the mayor. Yeah. Um, he's, it,
0: well, he, it's also funny that of the main characters, the first person to actually like physically interact with and speak to the mayor is Joyce. Yeah. Like, and it's just, I mean, it's in passing, but still.
1: But she also, she's, she's never been coy about wanting to do that because when mm-hmm. she was fighting for Buffy to get back into Sunnydale High, she did say that she'd take yep. this as far as the mayor. So... She very much yes.
0: sees the mayor as the public servant that he's supposed to be. Yeah, um, I I I love this. I would love like a like a spinoff little like comic book or something that's like set during this season before before the gang like finds out the mayor's evil and all that, and it's just like Joyce like petitioning the mayor for like we need a stop sign on this street and like healthy lunches at, at Sunnydale High my gallery needs more art <laughs> and more body shots <laughs> yes joyce is like hello mayor wilkins um i'm having a, a a christmas party at my gallery would you like to come do body shots off of me <laughs> and he wouldn't do it not because he wouldn't be into it but because he'd find it unsanitary <laughs> yes oh gosh it's been a while since uh since we've talked about joyce doing body shots
1: <laughs> well there's been a lot of shit
0: going on (laughs) yeah um but uh the
1: and Joyce says that there aren't going to be too many people at the vigil but it turns out to be extremely packed and one of the people in attendance is willow's mom sheila rosenberg sheila Sheila is
0: oh the worst
1: so the vibe that i got (laughs) Now, I don't know if you've seen a lot of the Big Bang Theory. I'm pretty sure I've asked you this before. Not not really. But, uh, a little bit. Yeah, The main but... character, Leonard, his mother, who is played by the brilliant Christine Baranski. Um, I do love Miss Baranski. Yeah. She plays a very emotionally disconnected, world-renowned psychologist. Mm-hmm. And she has a bad relationship with uh Leonard because Leonard was basically the subject of all of her developmental books so she always Mm. saw him as a subject for a book and not really as she didn't have the personal moments uh with him as a son and I kind of got that vibe from Willow's mom because very much so especially when after the locker raid she has that she and Willow have that scene together and Mm -hmm. And she's basically just saying that, oh, this is this is common practice for teenagers. You
0: always seem to uh, find something to relate to and all that jazz. Yeah, she says something like, "Developmentally speaking, you're exactly on track." Like, and Willow has to be like, "I'm not a subject. I'm not a statistic. I'm your kid." Um. So yeah, there's she's definitely this disconnected academic who who views her child through like a research lens yeah um and it's it's actually a little disappointing because this is the only time um willow's mother ever appears on the show i even look she doesn't even appear like in the comic continuations she's um, just mentioned yeah uh it's almost i uh, there's a little part of me that's like, maybe that could have been something to explore um, a little more, but it's not. So
1: yeah, it, it is a nice kind of hand in hand thing because in amends, we talked about the hints of Xander's bad home Mm -hmm. life. And I wouldn't necessarily call this on the same level as bad as Xander's, but it is a, it's more of, it's more of an isolation and yeah, it, it, it very much can like explain why Xander and Willow have been so close over the years. Cause maybe mm-hmm. they were the only ones that each other had.
0: Yeah. Well, and yeah. And it, well, and I think we're seeing, uh, two, two sides of a similar coin. You've got Xander's family who is, they are, um, from what we see, lower class. Um, they have less money. Um, they are, Uh, apparently alcoholics um there's a lot of fighting in that house um and then whereas on willow's side of things she's coming from a more comfortable i would imagine since uh her mother's an academic it mentions that her father is traveling probably upper middle class um more quote-unquote respectable but there's severe neglect like (laughs) in in the way they're they're raising willow um so they're yeah there's um both of them are coming from homes that are are not ideal in very different ways um so hear that joyce there's not a lot of competition yeah. <laughs> for
1: best mom i was like, yeah, right
0: <laughs> <laughs> and this is i mean honestly though this is something we i think we'll see is recurring, uh, not just on this show, but on every Joss Whedon show he does. Uh, uh, kind of a low opinion of parents. Joyce is about one of the only good parents, um, uh, across all of the shows he he's done. Um, and Giles, I can think of, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but again, um, we, but even we about this before. The chosen family, yeah, it's
1: the family that you choose, and <laughs> yeah. I. And it's funny because I recently thought about how a lot of times people say that you can choose your friends, but you can't choose your family, and I've found that that's not the case, um, Mm -hmm. especially when you look at works like this.
0: But uh, and I do think you do choose your family, you know? Yeah. Just because, just because, and I'm and I'm talking about your blood family. Just because someone's related to you, I mean, you are making a conscious choice. of whether you want them in your life or not, um, and it,
1: at, there is a point where early in your life you have to basically mm-hmm. be with that family. Um, obviously, there are circumstances that can change that, but for the most part, I'm generalizing here. And right, but then when you get older, if somebody if somebody in your family is not being great to you, then you can cut them off. Um, yeah, there's. There are probably people who are a lot more versed on this to talk about than me. So I'm going to like pump the brakes right there.
0: Um, You hear that Hank Summers? We don't need you.
1: We've got Giles. The mayor gets up to say a few words. And Mayor Fisher decides to say things that aren't really consequential in the slightest. Um, And yes, I did that on purpose. Did I say Mayor Fisher said useless words? I meant Mayor Wilkins, but also Mayor (laughs) Fisher fucking do
0: your job. So, for listeners who are not where we are in Louisville, uh Mayor Fisher is our our mayor here. Um and we you know, I feel like we've mentioned him before and uh and I mentioned him actually pretty positively in some cases uh before now. Um where he yeah, he, he is just failing our city at every turn. Um you know, I it's 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 fucking shitty um i you know i've been thinking about this a lot uh you know i love i love our city i love louisville i think there's so so much there's so much good stuff in louisville but there's also a lot of i mean louisville is an extremely segregated city um there's our police department is a fucking mess um and there's no accountability and it's it's upsetting to see all of the worst aspects of, of our city on a national, um, on a, on a national, um, like, uh, you know what I'm saying? Like being national scrutiny and, but at the same time, it's fucking, we fucking need it because. And I think a lot of the,
1: and I think a lot of the bad stuff comes from the fact that while we are a liberal city, we are also in a state that is very much a conservative state. And it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's it's a weird border state because it's right on the border of the south and the north. So I feel that we have those conflicting histories, shared mm-hmm. histories between those two regions those are both present in louisville and in kentucky and uh it's funny because people often have to say i'm from louisville i'm not from kentucky because Mm -hmm. you know kentucky to the to the liberal mind kentucky doesn't stick out as a good place to be Mm -hmm. um
0: so Anyway, back to Mayor Wilkins. But yeah, sorry I got
1: on my soapbox. But now it's time for Joyce to get on no, her man. soapbox. Um, yes, because the mayor basically says a few inconsequential words and holds up mm-hmm. the poster that says "Never Again" that has the pictures of the two children on it, and he hand he gives the stage to Joyce. Joyce gets up there and then says, uh, "You're wrong. We need to start doing stuff," and she. I will say this: She makes
0: good points. Mm-hmm. Be- oh yeah, it's... this is hot up until the end.
1: <laughs> so she she basically calls out the inaction of everybody who has just stood idly by while the while people
0: are while people die and have neck ruptures. Yeah. <laughs> and i love that i love that yeah and
1: and just nothing's done about it they all mm-hmm. just kind of accept it as something that happens
0: yeah and so there is a i think that, hold on i'm gonna check this real quick there's a trope on tv tropes um which i love tv tropes um the website I'm, I'm or the general idea to... of tv tropes i mean both um, um so yes, so actually the this is a trope that's been renamed. Um it's now called Weirdness Sensor, but its original um name was Sunnydale Syndrome. Um okay. and it is it, what Joyce is calling out right here. Um a lot of just fun fact about TV tropes, a lot of the tropes originally were named after stuff from Buffy because that's actually how TV tropes started was um, kind of identifying and d- defining uh, tropes from Buffy the Vampire Slayer before, like, expanding. Um, so, fun fact.
1: Yeah, I like um, that. That's a very fun but, fact.
0: Thank you. Um, but basically, this is Joyce just calling that out. Um and saying, like, this is shit. Like, we've got to do something. Um, But then she's It's a like, little too
1: close to home right now. <laughs> <It's>, yeah.
0: <laughs> she... It goes kind of sour for us and for Buffy at the end, where she's like, we have to do something about the monsters and the witches and the slayers. And um, obviously that's a bit of a gut punch to everybody. Mm-hmm. And it also should
1: be the first sign that, hey things aren't right here. yeah <laughs> something I remember up. first
0: watching this episode and I was like, that doesn't seem like Joyce like something is up um, although we don't get confirmation of that for for a little while. And she says that um, she
1: says that the citizens need to start taking their city back from the monsters. And this yeah. leads into a scene where there is a spell being performed and they reveal, Michael who we find more out more about in later in the episode in just like a few mm-hmm. scenes and, and then, then never again and then never again and then there's Amy and then there's Willow mm-hmm. and they are doing a spell in a circle and the symbol of the spell that's on the floor is the, sim- the same symbol that was on the dead children's hands dun 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 So, obviously, this kind of makes a whole... This kind of throws everything... This episode has such a strange tone to it.
0: It, Yes. It's very
1: strange. Yeah. um, It's... It kind of makes you question every single person in this episode. Like, in the cast. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, why is Joyce being so gung-ho about this? And why is Mm -hmm. Cordelia making these really snotty remarks um probably just out of spite but and, yeah. uh and um oh well amy and willow are behind, are working with this same sort of uh symbol so what are they what is their involvement in this
0: um yeah
1: yeah but then the next um, day so at school
0: yeah we get some uh some bullying um they uh michael the warlock is uh bullied by a student uh who threatens him and amy for being involved in magic since quote everybody knows that witches killed those kids um and they um yeah roy's kind of witnesses this
1: and roy is about to beat up michael and threatens to beat up amy but then Buffy shows yeah. up, and all of the jocks who are like ready to f- ready to beat up these defenseless kids just back off.
0: I love that. I love whenever there's like you've got Whoa. those like macho bullies, and then Buffy shows up, and they're just like, mm, whatever, whatever. Yeah, it's, it's you didn't want to do this <laughs> anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. They um. Yeah, then we get yeah, we get this scene between Cordelia and Buffy where um they Buffy or Cordelia, yeah, she says something along the lines of like um that you know, you have to be careful about who you who you hang out with. Prime example me hanging out with you all. And yeah, but she says some um, really yeah.
1: harsh things. It goes beyond just insulting the Scoobies. She basically says that mm witches being involved in stuff and she knows she has to know a little something about witches from what she's been through yeah and but she still makes these mean remarks anyway and cordy has got she's got to take a she's got to take a little bit of a journey
0: yeah i there's there's we're We're seeing a much nastier side of Cordelia post breakup with Xander than I think we've seen even at the beginning of the series. I think you know, um, and I have a little more to say about it, but I'm gonna wait until later in the season um to say it when we have a little more context um surround with Cordelia's actions um and her headspace so. I'll leave that there okay um but um but I, yes i think we're definitely seeing a, a a harsher nastier cordelia than we've seen in the past um yep. in in this way the wake of this breakup um she goes to uh she goes to find uh willow uh because she has a book that giles needs and um <laughs> There's another one of these scenes where she finds Xander. And she's like, oh, where's Willow? And he's like, why, why would I know where Willow is? Like, I just because I'm me? I and I love
1: that should know where Willow is. Yeah, and he says, I'm not guilty. And she, and she says,
0: you are guilty. <laughs> yeah. What did you said? You stole some. When, when you get with the illicit smoochies. Illicit smoochies. Yeah, that's what it you was. You have to suffer the consequences. <laughs> and you know what? She is right. Um, yeah, so they, Xander they... stop being so damn defensive. Yeah. They talk about, uh, they talk about Oz and, um, she, he says something about like, he's not talking to me and Buffy's like, yeah, cause he's normally such a chatterbox. <laughs> and, and I will say, I mean, I do think Xander is right. I think, I mean, those, I think his, um, he says it's like a verbal, nonverbal, the interaction they have at the beginning, I do think Oz is pretty cool towards Xander. You know, he's not going to be... He's not outwardly rude to him, but... And I think... There's a coolness there that is is—that is—is distinct from his normal aloofness.
1: And I don't think that he means it to be that way, but it's, it's probably the best response to mm-hmm. what happened. I mean, we constantly talk about how emotionally mature
0: Oz is. Yeah. And... He's not going to pick a fight, but yeah. he's also not going to go out of his way to 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 be super duper friends with Xander, which that's fair. I I think I wouldn't want to be super duper friends with Xander. <laughs> <laughs> but we also know
1: that we also know that uh, when needed to, Oz will just punch Xander right in the face. <laughs> he'll apologize afterwards, but <laughs> yep,
0: he'll apologize. He'll help you up, but. <laughs> Um, You're getting (laughs) sucked. This is when (laughs) this is when Buffy finds um the book and she also finds um the symbol drawn in um in Willow's notebook. And I just want to give a shout out to uh I almost said Willow Hannigan. Um to (laughs) Allison Hannigan. For the successful delivery of the line, "a doodle, I doodle, you too, you do doodle too," and it's funny that, this, like... it's funny that, <laughs> that
1: while this is happening, the police have shown up to start searching lockers. So it's all tensions are already kind of high in this episode. So the fact that Willow's able to have that line is
0: very well done. <laughs> It's very, it's good. It's a good line. It is, um, it kind of made me think of those, um, those tongue twisters they would force Amy Sedaris to do on BoJack. <laughs> Courtney Bourneoy. Um, <importantly. laughs> yeah. Um. So it, yeah, it's a, it's a fun line. It's a very Jane Espenson line. Oh, I think. Yeah. Like, um, but yes, as you mentioned, uh, they don't really have a chance to, um, to get into this. Because um, all the uh, the lockers are being searched in the school. Um, uh, Xander is concerned because he has Playboys in his locker. Xander, you don't take a goddamn Playboy to school. <laughs> I and Don't give me this, you're reading the articles bullshit. That being said,
1: I have never <laughs> read an issue of Playboy, but... Playboy is widely known for having extremely informative articles, and also being the places where several famous short stories have been published as well. For instance, that is true. sections of Tim O'Brien's "The Things They Carried." I think even, um, I think even some Stephen King short stories were first published yep. in Playboy. They indeed were. But Sanders not there for that. Sanders there for the boobies. Yeah. <laughs> um... But uh, and he. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not annoyed that Xander has this at school. I'm annoyed that even after they say they're looking for witch stuff, he's still like, "Excuse me, playboys in my locker." I'm like, shut up, you fucking Chad.
0: Uh, yeah, I do think. I think this is one of those instances where we talked. Like we talked about. I th- I think it was when we were talking about amends. Um, that 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 instinct to throw some humor in to even in some really serious scenes. And I feel like this is an example of that not working. Yeah. Um, it's, it is beca- yeah, because the priorities are, are so off um, in that, that I, I do think it's supposed to be a joke, but it's not funny because we know that Willow is in really serious danger. Um, And to a lesser extent, Amy and Michael.
1: Yeah. And and Cordelia with her hairspray.
0: Her $40 imported hairspray. (laughs) Gosh. And see, that's one where, for me, the joke works. (laughs) Because Cordelia is more removed from what's happening with Willow, um that line is funnier to me than Xander's line um, because those priorities are different and I can see that. So anyway, yeah, principal
1: um, Snyder's walking down the office and, or walking dude. down the hallway and basically saying, this is a great day for principals because you're not talking about students rights. It's just a man with some keys and a row of
0: lockers. Oh my God. Maybe he got his hands on Xander's playboys because he is jerking <laughs> off like to this idea. He is. He is seriously nutting his way to fascist authority. Nutting his way to fascist authority. Tagline for this episode. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> so, um, so yes, all these students who are finding any anything they have that is occult related are being sent to the principal's office. Um, that includes Amy and Willow. Um willow explains that the symbols harmless that they were using it to cast a protection spell for buffy's birthday um but now the spell won't work because buffy knows about it so i think it's supposed they they don't really go into it but presumably it's the protection only works if buffy is unaware of it um which seems to be like interesting i i mean i sure for me i'm just like what a shitty birthday present like yeah. maybe willow, it's a,
1: you, may,
0: maybe it's an easier spell to do maybe i just like the idea of like willow you didn't get me anything for your for my birthday fuck you and willow's like oh, i did
1: <laughs> <laughs> i like, I just can't tell you <laughs> here's a barrette it's not as good as my real present <laughs> um, but uh but willow is uh, asked to go to the principal's office and oz goes with her and i was half expecting snyder to just say get away from her mr uh, what's oz's last name
0: um so actually we don't know this now but i okay. i feel confident in saying it because it's who cares um <laughs> his last name is osborne that's um, right his first daniel name is Oz daniel osborne yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that is Whoops. literally that is that is not um ever like conveyed on screen until season four okay. um so <laughs> uh, <laughs> and it's like aside yeah, he, he lets
1: them he lets them walk together yeah. so
0: it's It's super sweet i love it's it's such a small detail and i say this all the time but that's i that is what sets i think the show apart from others are those details and willow or oz accompanying willow and being very protective like he's holding her um it's it's i love it um
1: but yeah and uh not only are the lockers getting searched and sacked but Mm -hmm. so is the library and oh my gosh giles is in a tizzy because you're taking the things that matter to him the most his books
0: this is not his biggest tizzy that he gets in in this episode that's true (laughs) (laughs) but um he is pissed and um we we kind of see ripper come out a little when he confronts snyder it's 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 it is kind of similar he calls to... Him a
1: hum- he calls him a homunculus. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> love that.
0: Um, he it's, It is a little similar to his scene with Snyder when he is um, trying to get Buffy back into school earlier this season. Right. Um, I, I love a good Giles-Snyder sh- showdown. Um, but, so,
1: this does kind of bring up something, to me, at least. And maybe this is because with principal flutie giles never had to worry about uh there being an inspection of the books but always wondered why on earth does giles have those books at the library because i'm sure maybe he had a system in mind for not being for them not being able to be picked up by regular students but he
0: could easily just keep them at his place I mean, he also keeps weapons in the library. So. Yeah, they didn't find those. They found the books. But like the tenth doctor
1: said, we've got the greatest weapons in the world: books.
0: <laughs> um. Oh, I should watch rewatch that episode. That's a good one. Nice um, two parter. That um, I don't have an answer for you. It's <laughs> I, I I had the same thought. I was um, like, then there
1: wouldn't um... be as many great scenes in the
0: Sunnydale yes. High Library um buffy also confronts snyder and he's like you should take this up with moo and buffy's like what the fuck did you just say (laughs) her her exact line is um is like is that making some sense that isn't or something like that fuck i wish i'd written that one down (laughs) but Um, he said
1: yeah and he said it's mothers opposed to the occult mm -hmm. and buffy says who came up with that stupid name and he says, you should take it up with the founder. I believe you call her mom. That's, dun, dun, that's pretty dun. solid burn. Oh, it's a good, yeah. <laughs> Snyder was waiting
0: for it, too. I, I, you know. uh, uh, one skill that that man has is, is knowing exactly where to dig those knives. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he's, like, he's like Donald Trump. He knows exactly what the worst way to do something is
0: to piss off the most people. Yep. Buffy goes home, um, and we, uh, we learn that Joyce doesn't want Buffy hanging out with Willow anymore. She, um, she was the one who, like, uh, called the raid on the lockers. Um, she's acting very un-Joyce-like. Um, and... And the and then it gets into the like the scene that we alluded to
1: when we talked mm-hmm. about the w- that we talked about during the wish was she said she opposes Buffy's reactionary stance mm-hmm. because basically as the Slayer she just destroys evil as it comes right. and it's an interesting point I will say that like yeah. she's not being proactive but at the same time she's still saving the world yeah and. We got what would have happened if she had never come to Sunnydale.
0: Yeah. It it would have gone to shit. <laughs> and yeah, and it's... I, I agree with you. I, th- I do think the idea of it is... You, the question, you know, could Buffy be more proactive than reactive? Um, but but the question is also how? Like, is that even possible? Um, maybe. Maybe not. I don't know. Um... You know, being it makes me almost makes me think of Minority Report. I know that's a really weird comparison to make, but that how when does b- becoming proactive in um, you know stopping evil become evil in and of itself? Um yeah. You know, when you're doing something, you know, potentially killing someone before they get the chance to do something bad. Um, yeah so it's a it's a it's an interesting moral thing that's brought up um but doesn't really get a chance to go anywhere um
1: yeah and buffy's so upset that she just says you know what i'm i'm off to patrol like to do my useless patrol and she walks out but then she comes back and says oh by the way nice acronym mom (laughs) and then walks out which might be one of my favorite lines in the episode it's good I know it's supposed to be serious, but that one landed extremely well.
0: Yeah. Um, and that's when we see the two little kids, uh, talking to Joyce. Um, So I
1: actually looked up who played these little kids. Okay. And because I assumed that they probably have appeared in things since then that I've seen them in. I just haven't recognized them. And... It's true for one of these people. Um, Lindsay Taylor who plays the little girl, she I looked up her IMDb her IMDb page and she really hasn't been in too many noteworthy things. Mm-hmm. But Sean Pyfrom, who plays the little boy is actually a main character in Desperate Housewives. Oh okay. I
0: yeah. assume one of the like one of the housewives is like kids or something. Yes, um,
1: he's uh he's uh, i can't remember what his character's name is like he's brie vandekamp's son like the that's the red red red-haired Marsha cross Marsha cross yep Um, i i honestly i think i watched the first few episodes when that show came on but i didn't follow it afterwards and every now and again i just think you know what actually happened on desperate housewives (laughs) was it any good did it end well i don't know uh, nobody
0: talks about it anymore. It used to be the show that everybody talked about. I um I never watched it, but I, I remember that it, it like it came on either right before or right after Lost for a yeah, while. Yeah, it came on Sundays at eight, so I would I would always see like a bit of it. Um, I know the guy who created it, Mark Cherry, has a new show on um, CBS All Access called Why Women Kill. That's oh, um, okay. Lucy Liu, Jennifer Goodwin, and uh, Kirby Howell-Baptiste, who is um, um, Kirby Howell-Baptiste, if you don't know her name, she is um, Simone on The Good Place. Um, she's also in the first season of Killing Eve. And there's something else. Oh, she was in the newest season of Veronica Mars. Um, and I think she's on... Oh gosh, I, what's the name of that show with Bill Hader? Barry, yeah, yes, I think she, yes. She and um, Darcy uh, Carden's on that. Too, Darcy right? Carden
1: are uh, students in the acting class that Barry takes.
0: Um, so she's a, she's a she's one of those actresses who's just like the last like couple of years has just kind of exploded onto the TV scene with um, some really great roles on some really high profile shows. Um, but I've I've heard this show Why Women Kill is really really good. I just signed up for it. I a mean, CV- it's,
1: it's got Jennifer Goodwin, so I'm I'm down to try it. I, I love, love Jennifer her. Goodman
0: despite what they did to her on Once Upon a Time. See, I I never watched
1: past the uh I think I got halfway through the 3rd season whenever the Neverland arc ended. <gasps> yeah. Which I actually I really enjoyed the Neverland arc. Um I thought that the uh I thought that the Peter Pan story I was actually pretty into but then they I liked... started the Oz storyline and I'm like
0: nah it's not for me I liked the Peter Pan stuff I just the Neverland stuff was I felt like kind of tedious just for, just watching it because it was like one set basically like the same set of trees that they just kept walking through <laughs> They just like aesthetically I just would get bored um after a while but um once upon a time is like my favorite trash show <laughs> like i i watched it to the end i have the I, I have the box sets on blu-ray and i like watching it not because it's good like it's not but it's just like it, it i found so much entertainment out of it um um and I also thought generally most of the cast was very good, even when the material they were given like Jennifer Goodwin was not up to the, to the standards that they deserved. Um, yeah. Anyway, I, I'm probably going to watch why women kill because I just signed up for um, CBS all access. So I could watch um, star Trek discovery. Um, so i to going to probably throw why women kill in there too. Um, while I'm, Going Why through not? CBS's uh, Star Treks. Anyway, um... yeah, we're we're talking about uh, Buffy here, um... <laughs> or
1: in this case, we have the scene where uh, Willow and her mom are talking about this, and we already mentioned this before. How just how frustrating it is that her mom doesn't seem to think that
0: her mom basically thinks that Willow's delusional. Yeah, and her mom's a dick. <laughs> but I will say, this scene has some of my favorite lines in the episode. Um there is the um... Because
1: Willow goes out of her way to try to convince her mom that oh, she is great. in the occult.
0: It's great. She has uh before they get into the occult stuff, they um um Willow's kind of complaining that her mom doesn't take any interest in her. Um as we mentioned earlier. There's even a line, it's at the vigil where they're, like, Buffy, Willow's, like, or, well, Sheila is, like, oh, Willow, you cut your hair, and Willow's, like, yeah, in August. Like, <laughs> um, but she has a line where she, in this, in this scene where Willow's, like, the only time we've had a conversation longer than three minutes, uh, is when you wanted to discuss the patriarchal bias of the, uh, of the Mr. Rogers show, and <laughs> and she said, King
1: Friday, l- yeah, lords it over you know, everyone else.
0: <laughs> and, I, I do want to give props to uh, the actress Jordan Baker, who plays Willow's mom. She, it's kind of a thankless role, but she does so great. The way she kind of turns away from Willow and is like, well, with King Friday. Um, <laughs> then later in the middle so she's of. she's still holding on to that grudge. Yeah, by yeah, the way. She's, <laughs> she's been thinking about it a lot. Yeah. Um, later, when um, Willow's kind of going on her rant about her life, she says, I'm dating a musician. And this is like in the middle of all the magic stuff, and that's the line that Sheila just goes, "Oh, Willow,
1: <laughs> <laughs> a musician. He probably smokes that marijuana. He's probably he's probably cooking with that jazz
0: cabbage." <laughs> um, Which, by the way, my favorite term for marijuana ever. Jazz cabbage. Yes, I like that. And then finally, my favorite episode or my favorite line, I think, in the entire episode, Willow says, "Do you see any goats around? No, because I, <laughs> I sacrificed, sacrificed them." them all.
1: <laughs> and then she just goes me on and kinda... on and says things that are clearly not what Willow would say. She basically leans That's towards so the funny. Satanist. The Satanist. Yeah. Uh, she just says, "Hail Satan." <laughs> and, and, And and
0: in my mind, I'm trying to think, Willow, what are you trying to achieve here? Honestly, I think, as much as I hate to admit it, I do think there's a little part of... I I think Sheila is right a little bit. Oh, yeah, this
1: this has become a cry for attention.
0: Yeah, um, but Sheila shouldn't be dismissing it. It's, you know, this... uh, People always say that, like, it's a cry for attention. Well, give them some fucking attention if they are... If, if children are acting out because and you're saying it's a cry for attention, that probably means you're not being an attentive parent. So, yeah. like, you know, you, you've just diagnosed the problem. You've got the medicine. Anyhow. There you go. Um,
1: oh, and basically Willow ends up grounded. Yeah. And she's never been grounded before. That is
0: the ultimate insult to her. She's like, <laughs> what? <gasps>
1: How dare you?
0: you bitch. (laughs) Um, so now we get Angel's only scene in the episode.
1: Further emphasizing the point that you made when we talked about amends. Yeah. That, uh, this
0: season really wasn't supposed to have Angel in it, but he's kind of there anyway. I would say Angel's kind of diminished presence in this season would, I think irritate me if it weren't for the fact that I know he's about to have his own spinoff. Right. Um, and that he that. had such a large presence last season. It does make sense. Like, okay, we, you know, Angel was so heavily focused on last season. We do need to dial back just a skosh, um, so that our <laughs> o- other regulars get, you know, get their, their stories told. Um, it's a it's a really sweet scene it's not um it, it's it's basically just you know he gives her a bit of a pep talk um it also seems a little after school specially. it is a little not
1: a, not in a bad way but it really does kind of drive the point home mm-hmm. or a point that they're trying to make that and I think deep down this episode is about parents being concerned for their children or in this case not their children but a demon posing as children but yeah parents need to have that connection with their kids otherwise bad things happen
0: yeah um there's a great line here um where (laughs) buffy's like she's she's talking about this what her mom said and she's like you know maybe i feel like maybe she's right maybe i'm not doing enough. I just feel like that boy who stuck his finger in the duck, and <laughs> the then dyke. Which, that's funny on its own. But then, <laughs> then Angel just goes dyke, and Buffy kind of looks at him like, "What? Excuse me?" And he's like, "It's, it's another a, word. It's for a damn. dyke. It's another word for damn." And Buffy goes, "Oh, that story <laughs> makes a lot more sense now," which. Begs the question, what did she think that story was about? (laughs) Our town's about to flood! Someone finger this duck!
1: (laughs) (laughs) Are we sure we don't want that to be the tagline of the episode? (laughs) Oh gosh. (laughs) Oh my. Oh so the the big takeaways from this episode are fingering ducks and
0: (laughs) nutting to authority nutting to fascist authority there it is (laughs) there it is um this also this scene is also important because um this is where um angel kind of um uh, and I actually I can't remember how he get what what does he say to her that kind of puts this idea into her head. Do you remember? He says I think he says something along the lines of uh
1: talking about the kids and how we mourn them or something like that. Yeah. and then we move on because he tells her to keep fighting. And that's when she starts thinking we didn't we never knew the names of the kids. like nobody yeah. mourned them. They've just been driving moo and right. and they're uh and the kids names have become a moo point
0: ha, boo. Uh, um, one of
1: my one of my favorite jokes from friends that i didn't get until maybe the second time i saw the show through which was when i was about uh when i was about 10 maybe and uh joey just says yo this is all a moo point a moo point yeah, it's like a cow's opinion. Doesn't matter.
0: It's Moo. <laughs> it's Moo. <laughs> um, speaking of Moo, I just I don't know if you noticed this, but one of the um some random extra in Moo is credited as Mooster. Yeah. So, you know. So not a booster, <laughs> but a mooster. Um so so yeah, this is the this makes Buffy realize that they don't know anything about these two dead kids. They don't know their names. All they know is
1: that they're dead.
0: Yeah, they don't know their names. They don't know who their parents are. They don't even know how they got this fucking picture of them. Like, so she goes back
1: to the library where Giles
0: is having a fucking conniption <laughs> trying to use the computer, <laughs> and he's and he's the funny thing is that he's in a watcher chat room of all places, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it's it's funny because Xander and Oz come in because they haven't been able to find any. Um, uh, they weren't able to. They were trying to get the books back from City Hall and weren't were not successful. And it's just, it's really funny. There's, like they they're <laughs> witnessing him like flipping his shit. <laughs> um, they, um, yeah. Buffy comes in and kind of puts the, gives them this information. Um, it's really one weird thing is it is kind of strange that angel doesn't go with them i mean i guess i guess angel's still wary about being around the rest of the group but
1: i think it's more along the lines that i think he's still trying to stay away from buffy fair um because they had that tender moment together but and maybe he kind of knew that oh this usually leads to This usually leads to us making googly eyes at each other. So, (laughs) gonna walk away from that. Um,
0: they, uh, they, uh, they like are communicating with Willow on Willow's laptop. I, I guess in like a like a messenger thing. It's yeah, like instant messenger or something along those lines. Yeah, it's um, they act like what. uh, when What they're doing is really, like, like high-tech. And I don't know. Maybe it was in 1999. It might um,
1: have been. You never know. But
0: um, they... Um, this is where we basically find out that it is uh, this demon every 50 years. Um, it uh, poses as children um, who were murdered in this town... And, um... And this causes uh, the basically adults turns to... turns the residents Kill to, witches. Yeah. Right. Um... <laughs> I wish we had a little bit more of this... Like, why does the demon want to do this? Is that, like... Because it's specifically witches that this demon is after. Um... We don't really learn anything about the demon other than, like, this is its modus operandi. Um... And, um the there's this there's yeah this bit here where the um the story of Hansel and Gretel was uh inspired by this demon um and um that's that um they Buffy and Giles go back to Buffy's house to try to kind of um snap joyce and, out uh, of it
1: and oz and xander are going to find willow because yes. they know that oh witches are in danger yep so buffy and giles arrive and there is a a, a big moo meeting happening <laughs> with <laughs> nice acronym joyce oh my gosh <laughs> but uh and they're trying to they're trying to talk uh they're trying to talk to joyce alone but then uh, the Moosters and Joyce chloroform Buffy and Giles. And um, they take Buffy uh, to City Hall
0: and they no, just kind of leave Giles there. Giles is not chloroformed. Giles is, is Are you struck. Sure? He's hit. Is he? Okay. Yeah.
1: It looked like they were using chloroform, but.
0: it's Chloroform is what they use on Buffy. Right. Um, but they, they do clobber Giles okay um and this is number 13
1: which is important for this episode
0: (laughs) and we'll get to that in just a minute yeah um (laughs) so this is the 13th time he's been knocked unconscious via blunt force trauma um and the 15th time he's been unconscious uh total and uh so amy willow and buffy are
1: tied to stakes yeah atop of a pile of books, mm-hmm. like all the confiscated books, and the and the uh, and the parents of Sunnydale are ready to burn them. Yep. So, In, we'll I, I per- also <laughs> want to
0: mention that they are inside City Hall. Yeah, it's not outside, so people, the fumigation is going to be terrible. People, burn your witches outdoors.
1: Yeah, you'll never right. get that smell out. Mm-mm. That'll stay especially if there's carpet.
0: Yeah. Um so this this bit where they're about to light the fire and Joyce and Sheila are like, this has been so trying, but you've been so great. We should we should stay in touch. We should have lunch. Yeah, we should we should get lunch after this. And, and that sounds so nice. It's,
1: I remember And Amy I love that Amy, like her first option, and so far, like one of the
0: only spells we've seen her done, she's like, Oh, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna turn myself into a rat. <laughs> It's, and it's, yeah, it's the exact same spell. It's goddess Hecate, hear my, uh, hear my call. Um, something, let the unclean thing crawl, or something like that. Yeah. Um, and yeah, she turns herself into a goddamn rat. And... Which she failed to realize that, hey,
1: there might not be anybody to turn me back into a human. Because <laughs> rats can't perform magic.
0: <laughs> that we know of. Uh, but yes, That we know of. It seems like, you know um they uh um back at buffy's house uh (laughs) of all
1: people cordelia's (laughs) slapping giles away (laughs) and every line in this scene is hilarious golden because, (laughs) because she said
0: Gosh, it took you a long time to get up. My hand hurts. (laughs) My hand hurts from hitting you so much. She says, she says, one of these times, you're going to wake up in a coma. And Giles says... Wake up! Wake in a, up
1: in a coma. Never
0: mind. Like, he
1: doesn't even. Have and signs. she asks, "Wow, you get hit on the head a lot. How many times have you been hit on the head?" <laughs> right. Here's your answer: thirteen. Thirteen. <laughs> um,
0: she also, uh, he has the line, "We have to save, uh, we have to save Buffy from Hansel and Gretel." And she says, "Just to be clear, the brain damage happened before I hit you." <laughs> <laughs> um, so I will say, uh, this is unfortunately. Um, the our our last time, or maybe I shouldn't say. Unfortunately, fortunately for Giles' skull, this is our last unconscious Giles for several seasons. Actually, um, Things I feel like a little easier. I feel like the lampshade here was them going, okay, maybe we need to maybe guys dial back. I think we've been
1: I think we've been pulling from this well too much. Um, oh, and at this time, uh. Xander and Oz are, they go to City Hall and they they're trying to save the girls Um, so they end up climbing into the vents. Yep. Because all the doors are locked. And uh, but then uh, Giles and Cordelia are on their way to City Hall and they're working on a revealing spell. And
0: it's so good. Because we don't get enough Giles and Cordelia together. It, it's such a good combination. But yes, it is a, it's a rare one, but, oh, it gives us dividends. She's, he's giving her, he's driving and he's giving her instructions on how to mix, mix the spell. And he goes, put the toadstone in. And she picks it up and she goes, this it doesn't look like a toad. And he goes, no reason it should. It's from inside the toad. She just drops it in and goes, I hate you. I hate you. you. <laughs> <laughs>
1: but anyway back to uh back to where you know our characters are being burned
0: alive Um, they're they're trying to bluff their way out of it uh willow is saying that she's gonna use her big power uh buffy says you're gonna be fish you in the back you'll be fish and, and when she says you in the back, some of the members of Moo, some of the Moosters, do turn around and like look at the people in the back. It's
1: really <laughs> funny. I, I love that. um So I thought I, we forgot to bring this up earlier, but I love when um, Willow is talking about all, to her mom about all the things that she can do with witchcraft, like she can levitate pencils and she can summon. Uh, she can summon all four elements. Well. Two of four elements. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but she's almost there. She's almost there. Yeah. Soon to be four of four. Um, I, I do like that, you know, this is a... Um, this episode wisely does kind of... Even though we haven't been seeing a lot of magic out of Willow recently, um, it is going, checking in and being like, yeah, look... I mean, this is progress that she is making in, in her magical skills. Um, which is... It's nice to check in and... and see that unfortunately the um, the because circumstances her mom is gonna checking. check in on it yeah right <laughs> um, but, so uh, jo- okay yeah, i'm ju- sorry i i just noticed um i have to go back because i just noticed um our our wiki reading of the week amy however avoids her fate by casting her famous rat spell and scurrying out of the building <laughs> It's what we know her for. She's Amy, who can. <laughs> and honestly,
1: to tell you the truth, I think she might spend more time in the series as a rat than she does as a human. I think you're right. But um... uh, yeah, yeah, just a, just a heads up. Amy the rat stays around for a while. But I love uh, Amy the rat. <laughs> but yeah, um, Giles, Giles uh, and Cordelia get to the um, get to City Hall and cordelia uh gets the fire hose and starts mm-hmm. spraying water everywhere she gets a little too concerned about spraying all the adults and she's getting so into it and forget and that buffy has to remind her hey cordelia
0: put water on the flames because we're <laughs> burning over here i just wrote cordelia with a fire hose hot she's still pissed about her uh about her hairspray but uh
1: giles was able to make the uh make the children appear in their true form which is Mm -hmm. just just an ugly looking demon it's
0: ugly but i love its design like it is i think it's a cool like it's it's ugly as shit but like a cool a cool design um and i like the way they do this transition where the the kids like Um, Hug, hug, and then like morph into it, which is yeah. um, That was that was cool. And Um,
1: uh, oh man, and then Buffy. So like the demon starts going for Buffy.
0: Buffy is able to like well break her. her... Real quick before that, the demon is like yelling at the parents as they flee in terror, like kill the bad girls for me, protect (laughs) us. Yeah, (laughs) but Buffy.
1: Buffy gets up. She's able to break the stake that she's tied to off. And then just for some reason, these stakes are pointy at the end, (laughs) which makes sense for a stake that Buffy would use. But (laughs) why on earth are your witch burning stakes set up that way? But she so she she basically just just like hunkers down and goes forward. She says, did I get it? Did I get it? And it, and it is a it? great shot of this of of this demon being impaled through the neck <laughs> oh, with this fantastic. giant stake.
0: It is a great shot, and I lo- I love the because it's such a, that extreme close up on Buffy. Did I get it? Did I get it? And then the the wide shot. Um, and it, just when you think like oh really, that really good, and
1: just when you think oh that takes care of everything, Oz and Xander <laughs> fall through the. The vents! And they look around and Oz just says, We're here to save you. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh it's a good it's a good comedic cap on, on this kind of misadventure here at the end. Yeah, and
1: it's it's very strange because Ooh, excuse me. the I mentioned before that the tone is extremely dark and very strange at like for a lot of the episode, and then this has just been a series of laughs, yeah, for
0: the last maybe five, seven, nine minutes of the episode. Yeah, I this is what I'm saying. I do think that this episode maybe w- had a darker origin, um, or darker genesis, and then Jane Espenson was brought in. Um, maybe it wasn't working initially, maybe you know, um. Uh, the story is kind of weird i mean like it's it's um i don't I, I don't mind the story but it also feels like it's trying to do like five different things because you've got like this mob mentality you've got this censorship you've got this yeah this thing about parenting you've got it's there's so many ideas and some of them work together like um the 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 like the censorship and the mob mentality kind of go; they they tie together into this kind of fascist thing. I mean that that makes sense, but the parenting thing is really weird. I I feel like this episode was really scattered, and then they were just like, uh, "Jane, write some jokes for this episode." <laughs> <I would> like, <laughs> but
1: uh, yeah, the episode ends on uh, Amy still being a rat and Willow's <laughs> trying to do the reversal spell. It's just not working. It's so not working. Buffy's like, oh, you should get her a wheel.
0: <laughs> um, Which I think she also, does. She does. Um, yeah. We will, I mean, we will find that um, Willow is an extremely good care to, caregiver to Amy as a rat. Um, we also learn just briefly that... Um, Willow says, like, my mom's doing that selective memory thing that, that your mom used to be so good at. <laughs> and Buffy's like, she forgot everything. And Willow's like, well, no. She remembered that I'm dating a musician. And Oz has to come over for dinner next week. Um, So, you know, I mean, it does seem like maybe Willow's mom is going... Is uh, is taking slightly more of an, uh, an interest. So maybe, maybe some good came out of this. Maybe um maybe willow was I able think, to successfully get through to her mom
1: and i think all of the mentions of sheila um following this are are typically positive they typically
0: are they're very yeah. fleeting i i can think of like two off the top of my head but um and they are positive but they just it just doesn't come up very often um and we I, never i just they... said we never meet her dad yeah, but yeah, that's, uh, that is gingerbread. That sure is gingerbread. <laughs> Which,
1: um. honestly, I had to look at the
0: wiki just to remember what the name of the episode was. Because, <laughs> yeah, like hun- you said, that it, it's all over the place. Yeah, the Hansel and Gretel thing is weird. Because it, it doesn't matter much. Like, you could cut the Hansel and Gretel thing out, and, um, I I don't think you would lose much yeah it like, could
1: just be it, yeah it, it could just be a demon that is able to inflict like
0: stuff on mob mentality it doesn't have to be yeah. Hansel and Gretel yeah um, um I, I mean it's I don't think it's necessarily like takes anything away it's just it's just there you know mm-hmm. it's it's just kind of there and um uh yeah I Yeah, I I think this episode, its actual story is a little weird. It's a little, um, it feels like it's trying to do a little too much. I feel like maybe they could have, um, they could, you know, they could have stripped away some, some element. Maybe this storyline with Willow and her mom could have been a different episode, um, and given that a little more focus. I don't know. It's, um, just a lot of conflicting ideas, but goddamn, is it fucking funny? Like, these, these comedic it takes beats... A while to get to the, it takes a while to get to the funny, but... <laughs> yeah. um, I, I think the comedic beats in this episode really work. Um, so, for me, I'm going to say this is a... Um, this episode is uh, two and a half out of five uh, patriarchal biases in Mr. Rogers... I'm going to say
1: this is two out of five dead children on a playground and I'm giving it it seems like I'm giving it a a lower grade than it probably deserves but and I mentioned this at the top of the episode I wanted to talk about something that this makes me think of that I thought of all throughout the episode Mm -hmm. I really liked the idea of the parents forming this organization poorly named organization but (laughs) but i'd like the fact that it almost serves as another antagonist to the scooby gang and i Mm. thought that was really cool but in the end it doesn't have any any lasting significance yeah and it reminds me a lot of civil war the uh the movie version of civil Mm -hmm. war captain america civil war And it is based off of a comic that deals somewhat with the same, uh, with the same general idea that previous exploits of superheroes have been, um, have been, uh, there are plenty of innocent bystanders, property Mm -hmm. damage, and that basically they're unaccountable for what they do. Mm -hmm. And this leads to their actions being regulated and um, anybody who goes against it is punished. And it's it's a really interesting story that in the comic plays out over a few years because um, in the comic, basically, Iron Man pretty much wins. Captain America surrenders to the authorities. and uh, And Iron Man is kind of in charge of this new... Regime almost of shield that he has to. Um, he's kind of in charge of the registration for superhumans and mm-hmm. Captain America and uh, and they they do have to still hunt down or interfere with the activities of non registered superhumans. And it, it becomes a thing that plays out over several years. For in the movie version. They have it's much these smaller in scale. Yeah, they have these. They have these things brought up. They they bring up the great issues of accountability versus liberty, um, but at the same time, it really in the end doesn't make a big difference because one, they stray away from it completely uh, before the movie's even over with the um, with the very poorly written uh, Winter Soldier uh, plot, mm-hmm. and. Um, mm-hmm and then basically it's all forgotten about in the span of a couple of movies Mm -hmm. so it reminds me of a really good idea that didn't have any follow-through and i and while there are great things to like about this episode and there are great things to like about captain america civil war there's it also has some flaws that make that take away from my enjoyment of it yeah so that's that's why i give it two dead children
0: two dead children two dead children (laughs) um so my drinking game for this week is um take a drink anytime the little kids say kill the bad girls (laughs) (laughs) oh my my drink is for every awkward
1: remark from xander
0: oh god why would I know where Willow is? Well, her book is right there. Oh, she's in the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. Yeah. Um, That is... Um, oh, yeah. There's a, a really weird bit of trivia for this episode. Um, the opening credits... Um, the music ends a half second earlier than usual... Um, just kind of trimming the final note off a bit um there's no like explanation given but presumably it's timing i mean a half a second doesn't seem like a lot but in television it really is like yeah um they especially on network television like they literally do like you have this much time to fill in this episode because this much time down to those seconds are going to be ads, so, um, so yeah, it's just kind of interesting. Um, any other any other final final thoughts about uh about this episode?
1: Not really. This is this is an interesting one because this episode's kind of in the middle of a really it's a weak middle in mm. in between like a really strong run of episodes. Yeah, and
0: we pick that up next week. Yes, we um, do. I'm excited. Mm -hmm. that one's gonna be i think we're gonna have a lot to talk about next week oh definitely Um, so yeah that is um gingerbread um uh, also for fans of uh fairy tales um the movie uh gretel and hansel that came out earlier this year um is worth checking out it's um that's not the one with jeremy renner right no, 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 no. That's uh, Hansel and Gretel Witch Hunters, right? Okay. I think um, so, yeah. Yeah, this was... Um, it is... It stars um, Sophia Lillis, um, who... Uh, she is young Beverly in uh, It, the It movies. She okay. is uh, young uh, young Amy Adams in, uh, in Sharp Objects. Um, and she's, she's in the new Nancy Drew movie. Oh, yes. She's, yeah. I was going to say, she's she's starting to make a career by playing the younger versions of famous redheaded actresses. Um, although that's really not fair to say, since she was cast before Jessica Chastain was cast uh, for <laughs> chapter <laughs> two. But um, she plays Gretel, and um, it also stars um, Alice Krieg, who is the Borg the Queen. The Borg Queen? Yeah, she's the witch. Um, and then I, I, I hate to say this because I tried not to talk shit about child actors, but a really, really terrible young actor whose name I don't know, um, <laughs> who plays Hansel. It, like, he's really bad. It kind of drags the movie down. It is not a, it, it's, um, it's, it's a, I enjoyed it. I, I will say I was expecting more of a, um, it's a bit more of a different take on the story, but it actually is pretty standard um, Hansel and Gretel, but it does uh, put its heavy focus on the relationship, this of uh, rela- this relationship between um, Gretel and the witch. Um, and Sophia Lillis and Alice Krieg just really give two wonderful performances. And um, it's also just a really stunningly beautiful movie to look at there's a lot of very interesting uh design uh elements to it um like i mean it's not like a fucking masterpiece don't get me wrong but um i i really enjoyed it when i saw it um you, you, so. you
1: give it a good pitch i might have to check it out
0: yeah um it was like for me it was like a three-star movie like i there were okay. certain things i i um i certain things i was like "Eh, okay that's whatever um but the things i liked about it i really liked so anyway um all right do you want to take us out i'll take us out thank you for joining us
1: on booze and buffy we'll be back next week with helpless look into your eyes and the sky's the limit
0: i'm gonna contact our lawyers to make sure we can do that yeah, because I totally sound like <laughs> Phil- Philip Sue. <laughs> it's uncanny. <laughs> I'm Harrison. You can find me on Instagram at Harrison Alexander Kaufman and on Twitter at Harrison Kaufman. That's spelled C-O-F-F-M-A-N. Um, I am also launching a um, a uh, a blog where I'm going to be writing about horror movies. Um, uh, it's called um, Oh My God. It's Horror with Harrison? uh, uh, Horror by Harrison. Okay. Yeah, Horror by Harrison. Um, As of our recording, I literally put up my first post today. um, Hooray! Good job. uh, It's just a welcome post. Like, this is what this will be. Um, So uh, by the time this episode airs, I will have my first review up, which is going to be of the uh, 2006 version of The Hills Have Eyes which is a very dear horror movie to my heart because it's the movie that uh, got me into to horror uh, when I was but a wee lad of 14. Um, <laughs> so uh, that's uh, horrorbyharrison.blogspot.com. So if you have uh, any interest in things I have to say about horror movies, um, please check that out.
1: And I'm Jason. You can find me on Instagram at... Yummy J357 and on Twitter at
0: Yami J and
1: that's spelled Y A M I J A Y.
0: You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Booze and Buffy. Um, or you can email us at boozeandbuffy at gmail.com. The and is spelled out. A N D. And you can also find us on YouTube where we will release a short video
1: with each episode where we will discuss spoilers that we can't talk about on the podcast. Also, don't forget to subscribe and rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Each week, we'd like to give a shout out to a worthy charity or nonprofit. This week, we are highlighting the National Coalition Against Censorship. The National Coalition Against Censorship's mission is to promote freedom of thought, inquiry, and expression and oppose censorship in all of its forms. The coalition formed in response to the 1973 Supreme Court decision in Miller v. California, which narrowed First Amendment protections for sexual expression and opened the door to obscenity prosecutions. Over 40 years, as an alliance of more than 50 national nonprofits, including literary, artistic, religious, educational, professional, labor, labor, and civil liberties groups, they have engaged in direct advocacy and education to support First Amendment principles. NCAC is unique in that they are a na- they are national in scope, but often local in approach. They work with community members to resolve censorship controversies without the need for litigation. Visit www.ncac.org for more information.
1: Whew. That was a nice, that was a long, <laughs> nice description.
0: It was. I, I you know I usually kind of pare down some of those uh, some of some some of those websites. They're about me's are are long. Um, And I usually pare them down a little, but there was just some good information in there that I was like, I couldn't decide what I felt I should cut out, so I just left it. Uh, So, anyway, uh, as always, go slay. And finger a duck. (laughs) (laughs) I'm
1: sorry. Pat Pat Robertson was right.
0: Pat Robertson (laughs) was right. (laughs) Go slay and be gay. (laughs) Yes. And happy Pride. I think we're still in Pride Month. Yep, we are. Yeah, I, as of recording, I don't know. I can't remember when this episode's coming out. All right. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs>